Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Chad Simpson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Gian Lemmy. Chad, I'm so pumped up. Um, our seasons have started. We've been practicing. Um, my team gets to play in a week from today. And ever since March, we haven't played any matches. So I'm just so pumped up to be able to go out and uh, perform and represent Christ with our team. Um, but youth coaches have played a big part in my life. And uh, I'm sure it played in your life. You've even interviewed some of your high school coach. Yeah. Um, and this time, this week, we have an opportunity to talk to a youth football coach, Brian Catanella, who was doing a tremendous job coaching young kids and, and sharing the gospel with them while he does it. Yeah, and he also uh, authored a book called Lead with Love, which I got to read, and it was a fantastic book. Um, he has a great presence on social media. Uh, you should definitely give him a follow. And uh, just for what we got into in this interview, he talked uh, a bit about the, the book and the four P's, and I won't give them away. You're going to have to listen through or go read the book yourself, but the four P's are fantastic. And what type of glasses we as leaders and coaches should be wearing. And we are ready to get into this interview right now. Brian Catanella, it's so good to have you on the Christian Coach Podcast. We appreciate you making time for us. And uh, we have a power question that we're really asking every guest here that we, we want to get to the heart of. But what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Thanks, Chad. Thanks so much for having me and, uh, and honored. And, and uh, boy, after all the great guests you've had, I'm, I'm truly stepping into some big shoes here. So uh, I, I would say what it means to me to be a Christian coach. Um, that I need to keep my foundation um, in, in the forefront of my mind. And my foundation needs to be as a follower of, of Jesus Christ. And um, I don't always do the perfect job of that. I, I pray a lot about that uh, on a daily basis. I'm certainly thinking and, and leaning into God for help with that. But if I'm, if I'm being honest and, and you know, where I, I want to try to continue to work um, and, and improve as a Christian coach. It is focusing on that in the moment, during the game, during the fourth quarter, fourth and one on the goal line. I need to remember that I'm still a follower of Christ. It's not about the scoreboard. It's not about the wins and losses. Um, it's about impacting the, the kids around me, the coaches around me, the parents around me for, for Christ. I love that. And, uh, for, for you, you're the first uh, youth sports coach that we've been able to have on here and uh, just wanted to hear your perspective. Um, but what got you into coaching? So uh, first and foremost, my kids, right? I, I want to be around them. I love being around them. Uh, I think your kids are a little younger for, for you to be there yet. But as they get older, um, my kids still think I'm cool, right? They still think I had had or have some athletic ability or talent and uh, to just be around them and, and teach them and spend time with them. Um, you know, the, the couple of minutes I get in the car on the way to practice or after practice or, you know, stopping for a fun, you know, McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts with them, their buddies, that's my time to connect with them. Um, it's easier for me to connect with them through sports than maybe it is to ask them about, you know, how did school go or, 
how was your day? And, and instead of getting a one word answer, I'm really getting a deeper response from them. I can talk to them. Hey, you know, what happened with that, that play today? What happened on that drill today? What did you think about, you know, how we went about this? Um, so starting with my kids is a big part of it. And then also just pouring into the community. You know, I see the, the kids that they hang around, uh, the kids that we don't know that are on the different side of town, maybe, or, um, you know, the, you meet some of these kids out there that, are, are really craving that mentorship and craving someone to notice them. And um, I think just being around that in the youth sports environment is, is really special. Now, I'm currently a, a college coach and uh, I've spent some time as a high school coach as well. And before that, I was a K through eight PE teacher. So I saw kind of the wide spectrum of sports um, for any of the coaches listening can you, uh, maybe their, their son is entering sixth grade and they're trying to connect with their, their kid. Uh, what do you think would be a key to being an awesome youth sports coach? I think that you, you have to remember in the next 10 years, you're going to look back and go, holy cow, they were much younger than I ever would have imagined back then. Mm-hmm. And you got to lose the the grip on, you know, oh my gosh, we have to win this game or we have to, you know, whatever, whatever we have play up in our minds is this huge thing. It's about having fun with the kids. It's about connecting with the kids. Um, really make it fun. You know, I think the best thing that we accomplished this year, we, we had a tough season for the, the group of uh, youth football player kids that I just, just a tough win and loss type of season and scoreboard type season. But when we connected with them and we made it fun I and mean, we made it a fun competition every day, and we made it, um, we call it the black and gold game. So, you know, we had one group versus another and it was challenging It pushed them, but we made it, you know, interactive and we made it, you know, the loser had to do what the winners told them to do five push ups or 10 jumping jacks or whatever. So finding ways to connect with the kids that way, I think is really important. The X's and O's are really important um, to execute. I get it. And there's deep lessons like accountability and discipline that are so important for youth uh, today in particular. But if you can't connect with them and have fun, then I think you're, you're missing the point. And I really wanted to, to get into your book, uh, Lead with Love, which, which I, I read. Um, really beautiful book design, but more importantly, really powerful messages in it. And I really enjoyed getting to know you as the author through the, the stories. And um, you pulled a great uh, amount of leadership quotes and, and good questions. And it really challenged me for me as I look at a good book like it, um, it engaged me and was entertaining, but it also was thought provoking. And so I think a lot of coaches will really enjoy it. Um, but the, the four big ideas were purpose, passion, perseverance, and perspective. Can you just tell me how you came across those four words to, to write uh, throughout your book? Yeah. So it, just uh, if I go too long with this story, stop me. But I, I taught a class. Um, there's an organization called Urban Promise in Camden, New Jersey, which is about 15 minutes away. And uh, my wife dragged me to the campus there eight years ago, whatever it was. And I said, oh, I'm too busy. I can't, I don't have time to volunteer or do anything. And of course we get there, we meet the kids and I'm, you know, head over heels and jump in, you know, head first to volunteer for everything. And uh, all because of my wife's big heart and, and my stubbornness that she overcame. But so we get there and we get to know the kids and they have what's called the street leaders program and street leaders are basically youth that are running camps, after-school programs, um, and getting kids off the street that could be in, in, in more dangerous situations. And the street leaders, um, I saw as, as 
maybe they weren't getting poured into. And so I offered to teach a leadership class to some of the, the, the head street leaders, if you will, and uh, about 10 kids, maybe the first year, maybe eight to 10 kids. Um, and I jumped in without any clue of ever teaching a class before and really didn't have the background, didn't have the knowledge base. And I just poured in the books. I just read through every single thing I could, John Wooden and you know all the great coaches and all the great leadership writers. And it really boiled down to those four words, you know, the four P's, as I call it in the book, you know, if, and, and developed the class based on those, those core principles. And so, you know, working with the street leaders to understand what's your purpose, what's your why, you know, asking a kid like that that's coming from a pretty tough environment, what does success mean to you, you know, and, and you get different spectrums of, of answers, uh, but boiling it down to, all right, what's, you know, really what, what's purpose to you? What's, in, what's important? And then understanding what sets you on fire, what brings you to life, you know, what brings you joy. Um, that's passion, right? That's what, you know, lights a fire inside of us to, to be leaders. And as Christians, certainly it's to be disciples and get out there and spread the gospel. And from a perseverance standpoint, they certainly had a lot of experience in that, you know, and some of the trauma that these kids went through. Um, and, and obviously, you know, as athletes, we know what it means to persevere, right? We've overcome injuries. We've been on teams that started, you know, in the wrong end of the win-loss column and you bounced back and you had, had a great season. And then lastly, perspective, just looking back, you know, how did I grow? What did I learn from, from these, uh, these conversations and lessons? So that's, that's where it all stemmed from and uh, just, just kind of poured out from there. And what made you want to write the book from the beginning? Because I think a lot of um, people have ideas or, oh, maybe one day I'll do this. And uh, for me, I heard John Acuff say like 89% of people want to write a book, but only 1% do. And for me, when I wrote my book, I started that very day. I was like, I'm going to just go do this and start it. And uh, just curious for you, like what made you want to write it? So I think it started with my kids. And so I, you know, wanting to leave some form of a legacy. I think as I hit my, you know, thirties into my now forties, I just turned 40 this year. Um, you start really thinking about your, your impact, your legacy in a different way than you probably did in your twenties and early thirties. And so I think the idea, um, first and foremost, I, I wasn't a writer. Uh, you know, I, I don't have that background. I, uh, had a great coach, uh, Jamie Gilbert, who was a coach, uh, that, that wrote burn your goals with, Joshua Medcalf. And so Jamie challenged me to write when, when he was working with me and pushed me. And funny, John Acuff, I think one of his books inspired me to, to start a blog back in the day. So just, just being around that environment and pushing myself to write it, um, I really wanted to leave something that could be meaningful for, for my kids, that they could grow from one day. And almost writing this to them, you know, as they were, you know, possibly in an age where I didn't, you know, if I knew then what I know now type of situation, you know, if I could go back 10, 15, 20 years and, and teach myself some of the things that God's opened my eyes to, um, I wanted to put that in the book for them to give them a little bit of a head start. And, uh, and along with that, I felt that the writing that I try to do, you know, through the lens of sports, uh, scripture, history, you know, storytelling is, is what I describe it as. I love to tell stories. I love to share great stories that are inspiring and trying to use that to connect with people that either they're believers and they want to strengthen you know, that faith aspect, or maybe they're right on the fence, you know, and, and they don't, they don't know Jesus yet. And they don't really have that, that faith, but they're questioning, oh, something might be here. So um, those are a lot of different reasons there uh, to answer your question, Chad. But I think that that's, 
that's probably you know some of the the things that made it come to life. In your acknowledgement section, uh, you mentioned Bob Goff, and uh, and as I was reading your book, that's kind of the love does is what it reminded me of the most. Of it just kind of had some stories, and it kind of moved around, and you kind of wonder for a minute. How is he going to connect these? And then you bring it back together. Ah, now I get it. This makes sense. And, uh, but uh, I love the book Love Does and, and I, just a compliment for, for your book. But you're two for two in book recommendations to me personally so far. You, you told me about Play the Man uh, by Mark Batterson. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And then uh, Legacy. And in your book, you talked about the All Blacks sweeping the sheds. And a quote from your book on page nine says, younger players see that no one is above doing the small things to help the team. And I just wanted to flip it to you. Uh, what are some small things that, that you've seen coaches do that make a big difference? So just quickly, there's no higher compliment than comparing the book to the love does because Bob Goff is my hero. So thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Bob is somebody I reached out to years ago and said, Hey, I want to write a book. And at first the idea was, I wanted to interview all these people, kind of like a tribe of mentors type of approach like Tim Ferriss just did uh, with Christian leaders. And he's like, great idea, way too busy for it. Like go write your own book basically. Yeah. And he put in a loving way, pushed me, kind of pushed me off the cliff. So anyway, that's a, that's a huge compliment. That is one of my absolute favorite books. Um, so back to your question on doing the little things and uh, sweeping the sheds. Um, I Something I wish I had probably done a better job of this season is just purely focusing on connecting with the kids that I coached individually, deeply connecting with them as people. Um, and Bob Goff would probably speak very much to that, right? So I, I think that um, taking a moment in between a, in a play or a drill and practice, pulling a kid aside after a practice, looking them in the eyes and just speaking life into them and giving them the opportunity to know that you're, you see them, you know, you, you know who they are, um, you believe in them, you saw a glimpse of, of talent, you saw a glimpse of um, that passion, uh, and something that stands out and acknowledging that. Because um, as a player, I always noticed that, you know, there were the rare occasions where a coach really called you out in a positive way. When I grew up, it wasn't always the positive, I got a lot of the negative uh, as a player, but you certainly remember remember both of them and you remember you know that, that both were probably from a place of love in, in their own way but if a coach really reaches out to you and says wow and you know, you're going to be special in this way keep it up you know keep going um not sugarcoating not fluff but but meaning it um or you know understanding what's going on in their home life understanding what's going on dealing with a pandemic right now right and what life is like with remote learning or you know hybrid learning so i, I think those are the small things that i try to do but you get lost in the, you know, the busyness of, as a, as a head coach this year, the administrative and the play, you know, all the different uh, aspects of it. And man, I wish I just spent more time connecting with the kids. I think that's so important. Something I failed to do as a coach and, and I aim for is hearing, I think it's Pete Carroll and probably many people said it, but trying to do three to one positive to negatives or, or five to one positive to negatives. But um, there, there was another moment in your book that really spoke to me and, uh, it was on page 28, you talked about Jesus glasses and you said, when we put our Jesus glasses, we see the poor, the struggling or the oppressed. Um, and I was just curious, what do you think coaches would, would see differently if they were always wearing their Jesus glasses? 
I think that we probably miss some bigger um, problems that kids have or troubles that they have that we don't realize that might be going on in their lives. You know, that, that maybe more often than not a kid that, you know, quote unquote, isn't giving you the effort or, you know, maybe they seem lazy or whatever, whatever negative lens that we see it through. I think if we put on the Jesus glasses, we would see that they're, they're you know, they're hurting or they're going through a situation we don't know about. Um, or, you know, it, it, it could even be a physical ailment. And, you know, one thing I, I learned this season, um, uh, excuse me, in the past season, um, a player that I absolutely loved as a kid, just great kid, but for whatever reason, go in one ear out the other in terms of the fundamentals that we were trying to coach. You know, that this, we need you to do this. Got it, got it, got it. And then on game day, not happen. So um, it was frustrating and it was, it was hard to not focus on that and came to find out uh, after the season that there was a reason for that. There was something going on externally um, that, that, you know, caused a, a barrier there for, for him to be able to probably retain that. And, you know, not having the Jesus glasses on, not slowing down and really speaking with the player and saying, hey, what's going on? You know, can you tell me what's going on? You know, I know you're getting it in practice. I know you're understanding it. But why do you think it's not sticking with you during the game um, is something that if I had my Jesus glasses on, I would have done that. And I think right now, more than ever, with uh, the anxiety, with the stress, um, just today, more than ever, I think we have to pay so much more attention to what is going on in the lives uh, of the athletes that we work with. There's another quote that you, you shared, and I just want to hit on this again. There, there's so many good ones, uh, so I'm just going to keep, keep moving through. But you said uh, one of the most important things you can do in working toward personal success is by starting right where you are. And I see uh, a lot of coaches, um, you know, they, they think they're going to be here for two years, there for three years, climb the ladder, and eventually be making uh, their, their six figures or, or more doing the, the Power Five stuff. Um, but what, what would you say to a young coach who's maybe uh, thinking about the, the climbing the ladder, really focused and, and caught up in that? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, obviously I, I haven't coached at the, the big level or have that expertise. My brother's in sports and he's, he's worked his way up in the professional basketball world. So I've seen what he's done um, and, and now working with the Sacramento Kings and doing some great work with their front office. But um, I, I would say just in my own personal experience, and, and I write about this in the book, um, especially at a young age, I remember it in my 20s, you're always looking three jobs ahead, or you're always looking at, you know, somebody that, that's up the ladder, two rungs ahead of you and go, well, I could do that. I could probably do it better, right? Uh, having that, that ego sense, that pride sense, and, and really not focusing on the task at hand. Um, and I think, you know, I, in talking with some of the kids that I've mentored, um, some of the street leaders and other kids that I've mentored over the years, um, you know, usually it, it's, it's that sense from them. It's, hey, you know, I, this isn't my career job. This is just my, you know, now job. Um, and I always challenge them, you know, I don't care if it's your career job, but how are you setting yourself up, you know, to have the discipline, to have the characteristics that you're going to need to be that successful at the next level if you're loafing at your current job? Right. If you're so busy thinking ahead that you're not, you know, steering the ship. And so 
Um, I mean, I almost look at it as the analogy of, you know, you're, you're looking through the telescope, right? You're looking far out there, which is good. In a way, it's good to have a vision, to have, uh, have big dreams and all that. But if you're not driving the car, you're going to have some trouble. You're going to run, run into some hazards and, and miss some turns and, and not know what to do in the here and now. So I just think regardless of coaching, uh, work, you know, whatever your, your day-to-day is, I think if you get too lost in, um, in, in just the, the long-term vision without putting in the work right now, you're going to have some trouble getting there. Really well said. And um, there was another moment in your book that, that really spoke to me talking about rest. And uh, you shared the, the quote talking about stress plus rest equals growth. And, you know, you rest when you should be working, like, like King David gets you in trouble and you could be working uh, when you should be resting. That's going to wear you out and get you in trouble. But uh, is there anything that you're trying to incorporate to, to rest better? Yeah, that, that's an area I constantly need to work on. I am not good at resting. Um, I am always feeling like I need to be accomplishing something. Um, and, and so I think I, that's part of the reason why I wrote about that. And that, that stood out to me from, um, you know, something that, that I've just witnessed in my own life that, um, you know, burnout is real. And if you don't rest and you don't incorporate it, eventually the grind is going to catch up to you. And I think one way that I've tried and I've been pretty consistent and disciplined with is. I have quiet time in the morning. I wake up first thing, pour my coffee, find a quiet place. Um, sometimes it's outside in the cold and, and you know, with the fire pit, uh, because my kids I know are going to wake up and the dog's going to bark and everything's going on and sometimes it's somewhere else. But find that quiet place and I really just put away my phone, my schedule, my agenda and, uh, and, and read through scripture and, and pray and spend time with God. And that has been the most impactful rest that I've incorporated in, into my life. And it sounds you know, counterintuitive maybe to somebody to go, well, first thing in the morning, you're not going to rest. But that, that meditation process of prayer um, and, and you know, reading through a devotional, reading through, through scripture has been restorative for me and sets me up to then have the energy to do what I need to do for the day. I think about the difference between being and doing and, uh, you know, so many coaches are just go-getters. They work so hard. They love seeing the um, success and, and improvement. Um, but is there anything that, that you try to do throughout the day to try to just be present, be in the moment, and, um, and have a little, little reflection time? Or, or do you feel by just meeting with the Lord first thing in the morning, you're able to kind of go out and grind in the, in the chaos and the craziness of the day? I've always tried to carve out something in my day you know now it's different i'm home right you know not going to the office and commuting and people would always say oh you know your commute's 45 minutes i go that's the quietest most peaceful time of my day yeah. and i can listen to an audiobook and, and just kind of zone out so, so i don't have that right now and um you know, i even remember working in new york city in manhattan and you know the busyness of the city and and, and the constant grind of the work that i was doing on a sales desk back then and I would every day at around three o'clock, I would go for a walk, you know, five, 10 minutes. But that was my, my quick break of the day where I could leave the desk and just clear my mind. And I try to do the same thing now. I'll take the dog for a walk. Um, I'll step out for a walk. Um, I'm not always great at not listening to a podcast or a book or something while I do it, but just trying to clear my mind for, for five to 10 minutes and, and, and recenter um, and, and step away from the, you know, the beeping phone, the, the email all that um you know as you have younger kids right now i know 
that's that's got to be present in your life as well. It's, it's not as easy to carve that time out, but I think it's as important to schedule um, along with, you know, exercise, along with, you know, a, a good run, a good workout. If you don't plan that, like you would plan a big meeting, I think you're, you're hurting yourself in the long run. I think you end up doing 10 times um, the, the effective work that you would by carving out that, that rest time. You've mentioned your, your children uh, a few times throughout the, this chat, and you can tell that it's just a really, really important to you to, to be a good father and invest in them. And um, the, the last quote I wanted to share, and there's so many more uh, for everybody listening, you guys just go get the book, but um, page 25, you're just talking about legacy. And uh, it says, those you love, those you know, what will they remember about you? And, and you know, you're challenging the reader for that. And I just want to flip it to you as, as the author. Um, what, what do you, what will they remember about you? Wow. Yeah. That, I mean, I start off the, the book, you know, that this, this is really for Brady and Bryce, you know, my, my boy. So, um, yeah, that, that's first and foremost, I hope it's something that they get to, to witness and, and, and grow through. Uh, my wife and I believe as, as believers, uh, um, that we are called to multiply the blessings God has given to us. And so we see um, what ama amazing things that uh, have been bestowed upon us. And that's the word. That's our family word is multiply. Um, you know, we just rescued a dog. I know it sounds silly, but, uh, you know, we wanted to save this dog and pour into him and make him a part of our family. And we want to see uh, those that are in need around us in our community. And we want to bless them because God's blessed us. So I think it's, it's finding ways to take the, the talents that God gives us. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, somehow I wrote this book and, and God said, you know, go do this. So I want to use that and multiply it and, and share um, and share those blessings and also share the experience that I've had in, in, you know, becoming a follower of Christ and the impact it's had on my life. So to, whatever I can do as a disciple to multiply that, that's, that's what it's all about for me. Well, you're, you're doing it, you're, you're multiplying and sharing the message. And um, I'm really excited uh, for, for people to continue to, to learn more about you and, and your book and, and your ministry. And just want to ask here today, but what, how can we be praying for you today? Hmm. I, I think uh, <laughs> the, the side joke there would be help me figure out how to sleep well with a rescue dog in our house after two weeks. But, uh, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, you know, I, I think that to have open eyes, uh, open ears and an open heart to, to what God is pointing me toward, um, whether it be coaching, whether it be uh, in work in our community, uh, whether it be doing podcasts like this and connecting uh, with other faithful coaches, but just, just really being aware of, of where God wants to, to have me working right now and, and doing it for his glory, not not for myself. That's a good one. You're full of, full of wisdom and uh, you can tell that, that you know the Lord and uh, re really excited. So thank you for this time. But let's just close out in prayer here. Lord, we, we bow down before you as you're, you're the king and you're on the throne. And we are, are thankful. And we are needy people, God. And just thank you so much for, for Brian just being available. And we just pray, God, that you would... Just give him open eyes, open ears, an open heart for whatever you have for him. And uh, as, um, as fame and, and attention might, might be directed his way, I pray that he'll, he'll just keep in his heart that everything he does is for your name and for your glory.
uh, pray that you just bless this book, help it spread and uh, help it to multiply and help us all wherever we're at to, to just go and make disciples and, and multiply. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Chad, what a great interview with Brian Catanella. Such a great guy. You can feel his passion um, for his players and for his kids. One thing that stood out to me was how many times he used the word connect. You can truly tell that, that his mission is to connect with his players. And as a coach now for nine years, I can attest to that, that it doesn't matter how good your message is. If you can't connect to the listener, then the message is useless. And so that, that stood out to me a lot. And then the other part was how he's always mindful of how his actions and his words affect everyone around him, not just his players on his own team, but his opponents, the parents, the referees, spectators. Um, and that just highlighted that to me. And I think some coaches could definitely do a better job of that. Yeah. And uh, I loved the concept that I've been thinking about is just putting on our Jesus glasses and really trying to think through like how would Jesus view this situation or this conflict or this player? Uh, am I wearing Chad's lens or a selfish lens where it's all about me? Or am I thinking, what would Jesus do in, in this situation? Um, but we, we are so thankful for Brian sharing his time with us and, and his knowledge. And he's got just a, such a great, humble, humble spirit about him too. Um, and just for all you listeners out there, we, we would just really appreciate your help as we're trying to help reach more coaches and, and spread the word about this new podcast. Uh, if you could rate, uh, review, subscribe, help spread the word, uh, it would mean the world to us. Uh, just as you go out from here, coach, just remember that the mission field is right where you're at.